And I said, Lord, you've given me this idea, you give me this concept, but I don't know where to start. Here I am in Africa. Do you want me to work in Tanzania? As I pray that prayer, I hear a bell. It's a bell on a cow. And I look over my balcony and here comes a Maasai boy, probably 10 years old. He sees me, he leaves the cows, he runs under my balcony and he looks up and he says in perfect English, give me water. I said, what? He says it again, give me water. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Today on the Kindling Fire, I have Matt Peterson on the show. Thank you, Matt, for joining. Great to be here. So you are the lead pastor of Awake Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. How long has that uh, church been around? Uh, just over 19 years. We have our 20th anniversary coming up next April. So um, it, some of you may have heard of the Breath in the Clay. Uh, that is a, a Christian arts event in the East Coast. And uh, when I'm not sure if it's always held at your church, but I know that it has been held at your church. Is it always held at your church? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of helped uh, create a place for them to start it about seven years ago. And, and so that's actually where I was introduced to you and, and heard a little bit more about some of the other amazing things that you are doing, not only being a pastor, but you are the founding, uh, the founder of Hydrating Humanity. What is that? So Hydrating Humanity is a Christian nonprofit humanitarian organization where we provide clean drinking water, hygiene education, and we share the love of Jesus with people in East Africa. So over the last 16 years, we've provided uh, nearly 900 clean water sources for hundreds of thousands of people, led a lot of people to Jesus. It's been a, it's been a blast. Yeah. And how long has that been around? Since 2005. So 16 years. Wow. Man. And so not only that, so you've got a pastoring, you've got a, a kind of a missions and, and, and a humanitarian organization, but you have a wonderful family. Tell, tell us about your family. Dude, I've got one wife and five sons. So my oldest is 25 and my youngest is 17. So uh, my wife is outnumbered greatly. She doesn't make a great job of that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, um, and, and just a, a fun fact, I guess, about your history, uh, you used to work uh, in the government as well, didn't you? I did. I did. So uh, early on when I was younger, I um, was recruited actually by the CIA, uh, not Christians in action, but the Central Intelligence <laughs> Agency. Yeah. And um, I worked for them undercover for five and a half years, lived overseas in developing nations, traveled around the world. And um, yeah, it was quite an adventure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my youngest daughter was born in uh, Portland, actually. So where are you okay. from in Oregon? I'm from the other side of the state in the northeast side, very small community, tiny town called Cove, Oregon was my hometown. Wow. And I grew up on a mountain about uh, three miles from there. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm so excited to have you on because when I have people on like you that are 
that are passionate and purposeful, right? In many areas, um, it, it really exudes a, a, an example of, you know, there are a lot of younger listeners, you know, guys in their 20s and 30s and, and 40s, and, and they're kind of trying to kind of find their way and, and what God may be calling them to. You and I are both kind of of similar age. We've kind of done a lot in, in this life, and we've got to, you know, ride on adult children or going into adulthood. And, and, um, and I love to just kind of, with those lens, be able to help them see sort of some of the things that God was doing along the way that now you can look back and say, ah, that was God. I didn't know it at the time, but it was definitely God at work. So let's dive into some of those stories. So the first thing I want to ask you, and just in preparation for the show, you shared a scripture uh, that uh, I've never really heard in that context. And you were talking about the heavens is the, you know, the scripture we were just, yeah, yeah. why don't you share that? And we'll kind of start from there. Sure. It's uh, Psalm 115, verse 16, and it says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So that's, that, that scripture is amazing to me, meaning that you know some people have the, the mindset that God just controls everything, and uh, you know we're just here along for the ride. But honestly, if you read that, you see that God lives in the heavens, which we know he does, but he's entrusted the earth to us to care for it entrusted the earth and what's going on here for us to play a key role in really bringing heaven to the earth. That's the prayer that Jesus had us pray that your kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're the conduits. We're the kids. We are the, the force here on the earth, part of this family in God with his spirit living in us to be light, to change things, to in creative ways, lead things, start things, go in the middle of darkness and be light. Uh, and so we're here as the key players, uh, not just to pray for God to do things. Yes, let's do that. But we are here as participants and partners with God. Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the light of the world while I'm in the world. It's in John chapter nine. Then in Matthew five, he said, you are the light of the world. Once he went to be in heaven, he sent his spirit to live in us, to be like himself here, to do the kind of things that he did. And it says, if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to walk in a manner like him. Let's walk in a a manner that's like Jesus. And that's doing a lot of creative things. It's doing things that change situations. It's being light and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liken it. Um, the way you're describing that the imagery I'm getting is it's like, um, it's like Jesus is the head football coach, right? So he knows ultimately he's the one that recruited you on the team. He's the one that knows your skills and abilities, maybe before you even know the full extent of your skills and abilities. So he's the head coach. And then there might be offensive coaches and there might be defenses coaches or others and, and it's sort of like, we are there. It's kind of like, and, and even in your role, kind of as a pastor, it's sort of like we're helping, but we're not necessarily saying, yeah, we know what your purpose is in God. The head coach does. He's the one that recruited you. He yeah. ultimately knows. Yeah, that's right. He does. And he has made us individually, uniquely with things that not necessarily anyone else can do. Because he has a, this, this grand design for us to live at this time. I'd say 
maybe the most important time ever to live and be alive right now. And he has saved us, not only saved us to live eternally, but saved us and caused us to be alive through the generations of thousands of years that we would be the ones that are alive. It's astronomical, the stats, that we would even be alive right now. And then he lives on the inside of us. He's uniquely designed us to partner with him and to do things that maybe haven't, have never been done before in preparation for his return. So I, I want to uh, just quickly before we kind of dive into more to more meat on this topic is you are pulling in this tension of the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. and the in the call or the commissioning of Jesus to humanity. Right. right. You can think of the Great Commission, right. go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's right. And and I believe that there is this tension where. There's some people in certain camps that's like, you know, God is holy, God is honorable. I am, you know, I I know I am very significantly aware of my struggles and sin. So he is sovereign and I will yield to humbly yield to his sovereignty and he'll let me know. So sort of the sovereignty camp, if I want to put it that way. Then you've got this other camp that seems to be almost um, like, uh, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to come up with the right word, but the audacious, right? They're just sort of like, who do you think you are? Like, really? I mean, you just sinned yesterday and you feel like you're going to conquer kingdoms. Like, like, are you just like faking yourself out here and claiming promise and all this other stuff? It's sort of like this audacious camp. Now there's an extreme version of both of these. True. Um, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, within orthodoxy, this, audacious camp but i feel like you're kind of more on that camp <laughs> you know where you're just sort of like kind of the dare to believe camp can you just kind of speak to a little bit of like from that perspective how you i don't want to say activate yourself but but sort of yeah. like imp, you, you lever, put yourself in that equation to where you actually can be a part of the kingdom of god being extended yeah, uh, instead yeah. of it just being God does it, you know. Yeah, I think it's so important uh, what you what you're asking here. So let me go to a scripture first in Daniel, Daniel chapter eleven. He's speaking of the end days, the end times, the times that we're in, and then he says, "Those who know their God will display strength, and they'll take action. They'll display strength, and they'll take action." So knowing Him is not the only thing. Yes, we want to know Him. That's the most important thing. But there is something we are here to do. There's a role that we are to play. I remember as a, as a dad, uh, we talk about our, our kids. And I remember being on a ladder and my youngest, or actually my oldest at the time, came out of the house, saw me on this ladder with a drill. I'm drilling into a brick wall. And he climbs up on the ladder and he says, uh, I, want, I want to help. I want to do it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is a mess. <laughs> He's not strong enough. Um, I really can do the job right and quickly, but I can see in him this desire to be a part, to play a part and not just watch me do stuff. So I had him on the ladder, got him between my arms and he, I told him to pull the trigger on the drill. There's no way he could drill through the brick. But what I did is I added my hand on the back of that drill and we together pushed that drill into, you know, drilled into the brick and he felt like he did it himself. But honestly, it was my power behind it to make it happen. And I see that as a picture in some ways that we on the planet, we aren't here just to pray for that God would do everything. We're here to participate with him because ultimately this is a family. 
God, our Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. This is a heavenly family. He's created family, and he wants his kids to work with him in the earth. That's how he set it up. He left. He's given us this earth to work in with his power, with his energy, with his force, but with him. He, he is relational, and he wants to work with us in everything. It's what Jesus told us. It's how this, is, this whole thing is worked out through the scriptures. Again, God could change everything in a second. Just as he spoke the world's, the universe into existence, he could do that again and just be fixed. But, but he doesn't. He's put us here. And so there is this participation with us in him where we are to take action, displaying strength. As you're saying, go into all the world, preach, share, love, be light. Uh, it's, it's both. It's his sovereignty, but it's his his choice, just like in the garden with the two trees. He's given us a, a choice to work with him or to see ourselves as, you know, just here to breathe air, to eat food, to live eternally. And I really don't think that's the case. Yeah. So one of the things um, you, you said earlier, uh, kind of in prep for the show, you talked about asking God for creative ideas. Mm -hmm. So, um, can, can you just kind of help people like, like that to me is like something you can hang your hat on. That's yeah. a very practical thing to do. Like we're talking phil philosophy and theology and, and perspectives, yeah. but then like, if we're going to take action, there's, what do you just randomly go? <laughs> right. I mean, and I said, right. just give us some guidance there specifically sure. around that piece and well, examples would be great yeah, from your life. Great examples. And, you know, it's so fun. You read in, in Romans uh, chapter six and, and chapter eight, and you see that those who are, you know, his are led by his spirit. And here again, we're in a family and, and I'm in this family and I've got these kids and I want them to try things and I may give them some correction and direction along the way, but what I don't expect them to do is just sit there all the time. I want them to do stuff and through life, you're going to make mistakes and through life, you're going to learn and grow. And I think it's the same spiritually with us, with the Lord. But, you know, someone else said that the closer you get to the sun, the hotter it gets. So the closer we get to the creator, the more creative we become. It's mm. like heat. And so as we pursue knowing God, creativity is a byproduct uh, because it's him that we're getting close to when we're rubbing up against creativity. So here's a short story. I was having dinner one night with a friend and uh, he's another pastor. He'd grown up on the mission field in Nepal. And uh, he said, his name's Tim. And he said, man, I got to tell you what I'm doing. He was so excited. I said, okay. He said, I'm buying slaves. I said, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't even understand. So he be, went on to tell me that he'd grown up on the mission field, still had relationships there in Nepal, and he couldn't get out of his heart and mind this whole people group that were enslaved. And so many decades later, he's, he's thinking about them. And he, so he says to the Lord, would you give me an idea of how to help them? Because they're on my heart and on my mind. So this idea dropped in his spirit, and it was to buy Nepalese coffee. They grew a lot of coffee there in the green form ship it to the United States, find a roaster in his home state of Ohio to roast it for free, start a nonprofit company, sell the coffee, use the profits to go back to the country where the coffee came from. So he started a business and to start buying slaves and setting them free. 
So he started doing this from the sale of his coffee called the Great Commission Coffee Company. He started to buy people through his childhood friend who'd grown up there for as little as $8 a person. He would buy a person, set them free, give them rice, give them land to live on, and they would share with them the love of God. Now, this became so successful over a short amount of time, they bought hundreds of people. And then the, those free people were so successful in their plant, uh, their, their crops that they were planting. And they were, most of them, about 90% of them received the Lord when they were received their freedom because they would share the gospel with them. That the people around them started getting jealous, started all these fights and problems and the police were coming in and the government then was like made more aware of this than ever before. And they came in and set the rest of the slaves free. So this is modern day. This is in the early 2000s. As he's telling me the story, my heart is beating out of my chest because here's a guy just like me, normal guy who asked God for a creative idea and one lands in his heart and it ends up setting free over a hundred thousand enslaved people. Oh my God. Now, here's a guy who's a pastor. I'm a pastor. He can do anything. Why can't I do this? So it inspired me to say, God, I want a creative idea. I mean, just that question. I want a creative idea. Jer Jeremiah says, 33, three says, God says this, call to me and I will answer you and tell you things which you do not know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's waiting for us to call to him. He could just yeah. tell us. But there's something about, same with my kids. I want them to ask me questions. I'm just going to tell them stuff. I want them to ask me questions. There's this interchange. So I said, Lord, I asked for a creative idea that would help do something and be a part of changing lives and something larger than what I'm already a part of, which I already had five kids, a church, and a, and a job. But this idea then dropped. It took months. But months later, at a New Year's, we were having a celebration, welcoming in the New Year. I, I had this bottle of water as the clock struck midnight. I'm holding this bottle of water. It's like my attention is drawn to it in a way that I can't explain. It was like a, a, just a magnetism to this this bottle, and I'm reading every word on it. I'm saying, God, I know you're trying to say something to me. I don't know what it is. And over the next few weeks, I just kept asking in next months, actually, Lord, what is it about this bottle of water? I know there's something you're trying to sell, tell me. And then it just hit one day. It was the world. There are 1.3 billion people on the planet at that time lacking access to clean drinking water. What if I started a bottled water company? <laughs> which I'd have no business starting sold bottled water, used the profits from that to go to Africa where it's needed the most. And let's drill wells for people who need clean drinking water. That came, that whole concept came because of my friend who started selling coffee and buying slaves. And so that then I just started developing that concept. I knew nothing. I'd been to Africa once. It was a horrible experience. Um, I don't have a business degree. I know nothing about bottled water. I know nothing about manufacturing, any of those things. But this concept just landed in me. And so I started developing it, learning what I could do. I started, and, I, and then I started sharing it after about a year of, of research. I started sharing my concept. And people started coming out of the woodwork saying, I want to be a part. Do you need a business plan? Another man that came to me said, I was born in Africa. I've always wanted to go back and provide clean drinking water. And he's a construction guy. He said, can I help? I was like, yes. And this team of volunteers starts coming around 
and we started then well before that a, a guy from africa um i had experience when i went to tanzania well i should tell that because it fits in this do we have a minute i can tell the story too yeah no we got a minute <laughs> you got a minute <laughs> no you got longer than that <laughs> so i was um after i got this concept in my heart to do this i didn't know where to start and so I ended up going on a trip with a friend, a doctor friend in Tanzania. So we were there for a week, the last day. I don't have any clarity on, you know, am I supposed to start here? And I was on a, at the end of a safari, actually, in Gorongoro Crater. I was on the edge of the crater on a balcony. And I said, Lord, you've given me this idea. You've given me this concept. You've even given some people to help out, but I don't know where to start. Here I am in Africa. Do you want me to work in Tanzania? Because this is where I am right now. As I pray that prayer, I hear a bell. It's a bell on a cow, around a cow's neck. And I look over my balcony, and here comes a Maasai boy, probably 10 years old with a stick, and he's beating these, these cattle as they're coming up out of the crater. And um, I look over. He sees me. He leaves the cows. He runs under my balcony, and he looks up, and he says in perfect English, give me water. I said, what? He says it again, give me water. I said it again. I'm sorry, what did you just say? I was so stunned that that was the fastest answer to prayer I've ever had in my life. He said three times to me, actually, give me water. I was so dumbfounded that this was an answer to my prayer, but I actually had bottles of water in my room and I did not give them to him. I gave him pencils and pens and he probably looked at me like, what, you don't speak English? But I was, I was shocked. That was an answer to my prayer. Very soon after that, a man from Tanzania came to me out of the blue. He didn't know that story. And he said, my sister died of a waterborne disease uh, as I was growing up in Tanzania. And I've always wanted to go to my home village and help them. Would you come with me? <laughs> and I said, yes, without having a clue to what we were going to do when we got there. And that began this journey of now 877 wells and springs that we've completed. We've seen which doctor saved. We've seen really amazing, miraculous type things. But it all came through. You know, one dangerous question, God, would you give me a creative idea that would help change other people's lives? I believe we're here to do this. We're supernatural creatures, sons and daughters of our father who lives on the inside of us by his spirit. And he wants to do the amazing through us. He wants to reach people and change lives and be like, and we get to be a part of it. Man, I love the, the simplicity because that, that, is ex that process testimony from a, another God idea. You hear a God idea. You heard your friend's God idea. Yes. It, it awoken your spirit. And you said, that's a, that God is in that. I want to, I want some of that. Is there some to be had? Mm -hmm. And, and to just pray something so simple. And then all these years later to see the faithfulness of God, it is, man, I just, I, I just hope the listeners are capturing the simplicity and the power of God's way. It is not super complicated. Now it was complicated to figure. I'm sure it's complicated as you go, but when you start and you pray dangerous prayers, they're not super long, complicated right. stuff. Yeah. It, it's just like heart cries. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel that I feel the same because that kind of heart cry, like, God, give me, I know there is more. 
Yeah. I, I, my spirit says there's more. I know there's more. And there are listeners that know that feeling. They know there's more. There's more extending of the kingdom of God to be had, and they could be a part of it. And, and, and I know this is the reason I approach you about this show, because people need to understand the power of a, a, a yes in God's hands. That's right. He can use anybody. I mean, look at the guys that he called to be his disciples. I mean, just a collage of tax collectors and fishermen. And none of these guys were the ones that, you know, just the Bible school trained type. Of course, they didn't have Bible schools in, but they, were, <laughs> they weren't the Pharisees. Right. They were people that, that were normal people from different you know areas of life that Jesus wanted to use to empower, to take. I mean, he's going to leave the whole church to them. He's going to leave the kingdom in their hands to spread it and to go. And he's doing the same with you and I, you know, we're, I'm just a normal guy. I'm average smart. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm average skilled in several things, but you know what? He, he's looking as it says in first Samuel 16, when he chose David, you know, he's looking for a heart that's his, he's looking yeah. for a heart that's completely his and he can do anything with that. Yeah. And, um, and it's the same with us. We ask him these crazy questions. Like my son asking me a question. I mean, if he says, you know, dad, what would you like me to do? Well, that's different than, you know, who knows? I may have something in mind that he's never thought about before that I'd yeah. love for him to, to do. And it's the same with us and the, the father. It's his world. It's his earth. He's given it to us. He has a will. He has a plan. He has a purpose. The end is coming closer and closer, but he's put us here to do some stuff. And if we ask him what that is, if we ask him for those ideas, his thoughts, he'll give them to us. Yeah. I'll just ask this, this last question. It, in that journey of from that creative idea to, to what it became, were there other puzzle pieces that God put in place? You're like, wow, uh, I was prepared for, there was a part of me, because you kind of, you shared it as, I have no idea how to do this. Right. right. And, and then you just yeah. kind of go into it. And I think that's, but, but, I think that's very much God. That's very much like God. You'll lean on him the whole time. You'll become an expert eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. But were there things as you laid it out and as you've done it now that you could see, oh, like there were other puzzle pieces of, of what God had done in your life prior that maybe were unrelated that now mm -hmm. kind of fit. They're like, oh, that's why I went through that. Or that's why I learned this. Or was there any of that? Yeah. As you, there was, there was a combination of those type of things. You know, I've been in, in the government, so I traveled a lot. I, I mentioned I went to Africa once before and it was a bad experience. Um, but it, it opened up my eyes and I was comfortable being in other countries. I was comfortable being in the developing world. And, and so there was, there was elements of that. I'd say one of the biggest pieces was the people were the people that the Lord drew by hearing vision. Just by hearing the vision, it's amazing what came alive in other people's hearts. They wanted to be a part of it. And the skills that they have and the knowledge that they have were exactly what I needed that I didn't have. And, you know, that it's so interesting how that works, that we need one another. And God has prepared it in the hearts of other people to run with maybe a vision he gives you, that he gives me. And I have no idea. So that was another part. Here's another crazy one. But. You know, um, I was born with birthmarks 
on my body. One day I had my shirt off after getting out of the shower, I look in the mirror and I see this birthmark in my rib cage. And um, I just said, ask, you know, all this is about asking God questions. I said, Lord, does that mean anything? And instantly I, it wasn't audible, but it was strong internal. I heard Burkina Faso. I never thought about Burkina Faso before. Burkina Faso, the only thing I knew about it was it was in Africa and the capital was Ouagadougou. <laughs> but that's my went, name. <laughs> it is right. And that's a, the only reason why I remembered it. But I went to my office, pulled up on the computer, traced it, and it's the exact shape of my birthmark. So crazy enough that God would mark me not another one of a country I lived in for two years. So God marked on my body, as you're saying, preparing me to go to a country to be a part of something that I had no idea about, but I wasn't paying attention to those type of things. And God is surrounding us with his voice in many ways. His voice is most often not an audible voice. Most often his voice is several different ways of communication from birthmarks to an inner knowing of something to a spirit um, highlighting a scripture that jumps out or someone else speaking to us. And I'm realizing as I was in this journey that he'd been speaking to me all along the way. And, um, and then these other, as I started to step forward, not being an expert in anything, but just as started stepping forward and walking to follow him in this, he started adding the pieces and started making things fit together uh, that I could never have figured out. I'm not smart enough to do any of that. And, and he does it. Yeah. So what would, uh, so if you were to leave, anybody so let's say that people that are listening now they they have this this either desire undefined desire but it's they feel it they know they're like i there's something yes <laughs> I don't know what it is but there's there's that yeah. they have that what would be your your kind of guidance to them to do like what could they do with this with what they're hearing today yeah, a great question. That's usually where we get stuck, right? And people just we just stop and not take it to the next place. And I would say this, to be okay with making mistakes and take a step forward in that direction. Whatever that is in your heart, start to take a step forward. And here's what some of those steps might be. In my case, it was taking, taking a step forward in research. I started learning, once I had the water bottle thing, I had to learn about the water bottling industry I had to learn about um, sales and marketing. I had to learn about business plans. And then on the Africa side, I started learning about uh, drill rigs and accessing water and how do you, you know, water depth and all these things I knew nothing about. So I had to, there was an education that was part of my stepping forward into this. And every time I, I kept moving forward, it's like another door opens or another person comes into, into play. So it starts growing and getting added to Sometimes when it's something that's not God and you take a step forward, it's like the door shut or you feel like, ah, this is, this is not it, <laughs> but that's direction also. Then you can make it a sidestep and say, okay, Lord, then what is this? And you start moving in another direction. The vehicle that I grew up driving and learned how to drive did not have power steering. And that thing, if you were, go, if you were not moving, you could not move that steering wheel. I mean, you are, you crank on that thing, but as you get moving, it's easier to steer. It's easier to drive. Yeah. I found the same in the spirit with God as he drops something inside of you. As you move forward, you start getting clarity and start getting direction. Proverbs 4.18 speaks of that. And, and I think that, um, 
you know, that's part of the nature of God is for us to go, to move. And then he directs us as, as we go. And when we make mistakes, he can correct us. We can change course. And, uh, and it's, again, it's a father and son thing. But what do you think about sharing it with others? What would you, what would your advice be on that front? Like when it's very early, you yeah, know, in the early stage stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. I think you, you need to be cautious with who you share things with like that. Okay. I think there's a timing in it. For me, with the hydrating humanity piece, I waited over a year to share okay. with anybody but my wife because I was processing this with the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm seeing if this really is something. And it by the time I shared it for the first time, there was a whole concept and a plan with it. And then, and, and it had kind of gotten tested along the way. And so that was, that was good. But a lot of people will share their big dreams or visions before there's any movement on it, any research, any testing with the Lord. And then it just can um, deflate quickly and actually be discouraging. Uh, and then you're going to have other people say, oh, that's crazy. What are you doing? That's nuts. So you need to be ready for those type of things as well. And you want to share it with the people that you trust, who have great insight with the Lord, um, great insight in business, or depending on what the idea is, you want to choose the people you share it with wisely. You know that throwing pearls before the swine, sometimes it's those ideas, those pearls that God's given us that are an idea that are his. You don't just throw it out there for anybody to, to walk all over. Um, it needs to be the right ones. Wow. that That's really wise. And because uh, there is that tendency and excitement right? When you're, or when you're getting inspired by the Lord, you know, yeah. to kind of want to, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know and, and, yeah, and it's just, it's, it's too early. It's not yeah. good timing. And I will say I have learned, and I'm sure you've learned this too. God is a lot about timing. Mm. Yes. He cares about timing. It's yeah. not just every moment of every day. There is timing for all kinds of things in the kingdom of God. And you need to be sensitive to when that is. Yes, that's right. So, so thank you for coming on the show. If people want to kind of follow up with uh, maybe hear some of what you do with the church or, or come alongside what you're doing with Hydrating Humanity, how would they, where would they go? Sure. A couple of, uh, the website for the church is awakechurch.com. And the website for Hydrating Humanity is hydratinghumanity.org. So a lot of information on both of those places. Uh, we mentioned on our word, we talked about this, I have a kid's book um, called Dulu. So you can dulukids.com. Um, you can look, look that up as well. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. And, and, I, and I hope as listeners hear this story, you are encouraged to take those steps that Matt encouraged you to take. Uh, and, and let us know, like reach back out to us through Instagram. Uh, you can find the kindling fire or Troy Mangum, or, or you can find, I think you're Waterboy 22. If I, if I remember correctly yeah. on Instagram, um, just reach out and say, Hey, yeah, I heard, and I took those steps and this is what God did. That would be so encouraging, uh, to hear what the Lord is doing. So thank you so much for coming on again. Great to be on with you and great to meet you all this way, Troy. And I love what you're doing. And uh, just uh, just what you said, I just bless all the folks who are listening yeah. and their ideas and dreams that God would breathe on it and, and mm. walk with them. It's going to be a, an adventure of a lifetime. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. 
And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.